0: Greetings everybody, it's a great blessing for me to come to you today and just bring you the gospel of the powerful grace of God again. Let us just pray together as we start our service. Father, I want to thank you so much for your life. I want to thank you so much for the grace that you've come to bring us. The gospel is all about the good that you have done for us and your kingdom that has come to this world. Thank you that you speak powerfully through me today, Lord, and that I can bring the message of your kingdom, the gospel of your grace to people today. Thank you for the honor that I can have in sharing in your passion and compassion towards people as I myself am awaiting the full manifestation of your glory, even in my flesh, that which already belongs to us all. Thank you for your love, O Lord. Amen. Today we are continuing to speak from Philippians chapter 3, and the message is all about walking in perfection while we have imperfection. So it is all about walking in perfection while we have imperfection. Now in Christ we have been made complete, the fullness of God dwells in Jesus, bodily, and we are complete in Him, and we lack nothing. We have been perfected in Christ. Yet we find that this life that is ours and who we truly are, even bodily, is hidden. Uh, it is not seen openly. It's almost as if it is veiled. It is it is true, it is there, but it is not seen. And in the very same way as what Jesus will manifest into this earth and the fullness of the Godhead bodily will be seen in this earth in the return of Jesus, in the very same way who we really are will be revealed and we will appear with Christ in glory. So there is a perfection that we already have, yet we are finding that there is the it is hidden, we are, it is hidden, um, and what we do behold is our limitations bodily, we find our weaknesses, we find our pains, our fears, and all those kind of things in this world, and as we see that, we can easily get confused about who we truly are, and I'm going to look at Paul here, and uh, we're reading from Philippians 3, and here's, I would, I wouldn't call it struggle, but the way he dealt with this imperfection and perfection. Paul clearly says, and we will still read it um, maybe in next week's uh, lecture or me- next week's message, we will see that Paul talks about him that have not apprehended yet. He has not yet taken a hold of what God has grabbed a hold of him for. Yet we also see that everyone that is perfect, Paul says, it has got the same mindset as what he has. So Paul calls himself perfect, yet he also says that he has not um, received in manifestation the fullness or see the full manifestation of what he has already received. So we're going to look at that. Okay. Philippians chapter three, verse one, it reads as follows. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Last week, we've seen that safety is found in the gospel, in Jesus, and believing the accurate, correct gospel. Paul says it's not difficult for him to repeat what he has preached to to them. Why? Because it is unto their safety, defining safety in belief in the gospel in jesus and he goes on and he turned basically the tables on the jews here where the jews was uh, readily and gloriously calling the gentiles dogs and workers of evil paul comes and he says beware of dogs and now he was referring to the jews that would go to the gentile churches and try for political reasons to get these gentile churches to back their political uh, motives and agendas. Uh, He he calls these Jews then that go around and preach circumcision amongst the Gentiles, he calls them dogs and workers of evil. Um, And he said, beware of them. And what he was basically saying is, beware of their teaching. Beware of what they preach. What they preached was a, a mixture between the law and grace. They were preaching a fleshly message. A fleshly message was not about flesh, but wherein boldness and access to the kingdom of God was in the flesh or according to the flesh, which entailed the observance of the law after or should you be a Jew. And what he basically, um, what they basically taught was that Jesus is the Messiah of the Jews, but the Gentiles was also allowed to have Jesus as Messiah, given that they are baptized and then circumcised and observe all the customs of the Jews and still honor them as the big nation through whom God is going to do everything. The moment you say, and I, I just want to say this, the moment you say our nation is god's gift to humanity you are in trouble uh we i I mean this is what we see here with the jews the moment you think like that you are in the flesh and you're focusing on the flesh and you will see the fruit of the flesh in your life now paul comes and he basically says here that we need to be aware of this wrong false doctrine which is simply the teaching of the law mixed with the grace of god that is all it is then in verse 3 he says for we are the circumcision which worship god in spirit and rejoice in christ jesus and have no confidence in the flesh so what paul does in uh, verse 3 here is he just puts the emphasis on romans 2 verse 29 romans two twenty nine. 29 let us just go and read romans two twenty nine, 29 where he says who the true jew is he says but he is a jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of god so he basically comes and he just repeats what he was saying in Romans, or in Romans, he repeats what he said in his letter to the Philippians, uh, depending on which letter was written first. But what he's saying here is that we have no confidence in the flesh. We have no confidence in the law. We are not confident that we will be partakers of the rulership of God because of our obedience to the law, because of our good works. Now, in this case, you might say, but what does that have to do with me? You know, I'm not following after the customs of Moses. I'm not thinking that I'm a Jew. We have moved on from those things. I agree. We don't find many churches today and many Christians today still following after this uh error that was going on in Philippians that Paul was addressing. But what we do is we set up a different kind of set of laws. It is basically the same problem, but a different jacket we would have, um, you know, and and in the churches, things like, uh, we must have a chain prayer we must fast we must get certain things to um, to come right before we can get a breakthrough in our nation and personally we think that if i can just live holy enough long enough then it knows then i would know that i am uh, part of the kingdom of god and so forth when it comes to law what i found is that i don't have to define law the person that hears the message where you when you say to him we don't live by the law he will immediately by the holy spirit know in his heart what is laws that he lived by when he's trying to get life by what he does okay verse 4 reads as follows he says though i might have confidence in the flesh if any man thinks that he has uh confidence I much more I was circumcised on the eighth day now we're going to now define what it means to be in the flesh many times we think that in the flesh means when you drink a cigarette smoke or uh, didn't stop properly at the traffic light or something like that that is now being in the flesh and but that is not what Paul had in mind when he was talking about being in the flesh what Paul had in mind when he was talking about being in the flesh is defined in verse 5 6 and 7 He says here, being in the flesh means, this is what he meant by him being in the flesh. He had confidence in the fact that he was, number one, circumcised on the eighth day, number two, of the stock of Israel, number three, of the tribe of Benjamin, meaning he's a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Benjamin was the favorite child, even more than Joseph. And then as touching to the law, he was now in depth in the studies of the law. He was a Pharisee and he was very zealous about what he believed, and he went on, he says, I was so zealous about the law that I persecuted the church, As touching the righteousness of the law, I was blameless, he was basically saying, um, the righteousness of the law meaning, you have to be circumcised, you have to be a Jew, you have to follow after the customs of Moses, as pertaining to that, I was blameless i fully qualified according to what we thought the qualifications were for all the blessings of god but listen to what he says in verse seven um he says but the things which were gained to me those i counted loss because of christ the things that were gained to me those things i counted loss because of christ so what paul does in philippians here is he is saying there was a certain way where I looked at myself, and that is not good. That was not unto life. Um, I want to just go on to verse 7 there. He says, But the things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yes, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of of the knowledge of christ jesus my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things yes and i count them but dung that i may win christ okay before we get into the depth of this message i want to just explain two or three points here paul says that to be in the flesh was to have confidence in the fact that he was circumcised that he was a hebrew and then even a hebrew of the hebrews and that he was following after the customs of Moses and following after the law. That was what gave him his confidence that he would be part of the reign of the Messiah. That he will have what God has promised to the people. It was all in the flesh. He had no confidence in Christ. He had no confidence in God. He was, he was just looking at where am I in the light of what I'm doing and who I am in the flesh And thereby, I will have confidence. It's almost like when you fly somewhere and um, you, what gives you your confidence about the flight? It is, you would say, number one, I need to have a ticket. Okay, I've got a ticket. Do I have a ticket? Yes. Then you can tell your wife, okay, do you have the printout of the ticket? Yes, we have the printout. Okay, then you need to have a passport. Okay, do you have a passport? Yes, I do have a passport. Okay, right. So where's the passport? Here in my hand. Okay. I've got the ticket. I've got the passport. And now I also need the reservation where, at the hotels where we're going to stay at. Otherwise, they're going to allow me into the country. They want to know where I'm going to stay. Do we have that? Ask your wife or the wife. husband. Yes, we have all of that. Now we have confidence that we can go on holiday. What is that confidence based on? That confidence is based on the fact that you have a ticket, you have a passport, and you have a proof of accommodation. That is your confidence. In the very same way, Paul, his confidence was on the fact that he was circumcised, that he, uh, meaning he, he willfully, his parents put him as part of the covenant. He's part of the covenant of God. He is of the right people group he is a hebrew and then he follows after the law that was his confidence that he has and you must imagine that he now also explains in how serious he was about this he was super patriotic about his um his nation the israelites he was an i'm sure if if you had flags like the israeli flag you would it would have been at his house it would have been everywhere He he was absolutely for his nation he was loving his nation he was for the law he was so much for the law that he became of the sect called the pharisees and then he was so zealous about this meaning he wanted this so bad to be in power that he was even persecuting the church that means that he was really feeling that we need to see how this can stand in the in the earth he was doing everything and remember he was doing this for god as well so he was confident in the flesh and he knew that he would be a partaker of the kingdom of God. He was confident that he was the people of God on all those things. And then he says here that he then came to a greater knowledge. And on account of the excellency, the greatness of what he came to know in Christ, he looked at what he was so patriotic about and he said, that is done that is absolute dung that is basically rubbish man that is useless it is it is not unto the satisfying of the flesh whatsoever it is do not touch touch not handle not but it cannot satisfy my flesh with life my flesh is always desiring life my flesh is always seeking for life but here we um, we now seeing that what I used to think was good is not that good anymore. There's something that is greater. There's something that is more. I'm going to look at that. That's what we're going to look at in Colossians today. Let's read verse 8. Yes, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency or the higherness, if you want to call it like that, of the knowledge of God. That word knowledge there also means acknowledgement it doesn't just mean knowledge it also talks about to know um, and to acknowledge it so there is a knowledge of god there's something greater that has now come the knowledge that has come in the resurrection of jesus that knowledge in the resurrection about man and about how everything works got him to the place where his passion for the jewish people um and their customs his confidence that he was a jew his confidence that he was circumcised in his confidence in the fact that the writings of moses was given to to the jewish people and all of that it was all drained it was all just gone all of a sudden he had no confidence in any of that whatsoever so what knowledge did paul get that would cause him to abandon uh, his passion for Judaism, basically what what caused him to say, well, it's not about the feasts. It's not about the temple. We don't care about the temple anymore. We don't care about the protection of the temple whatsoever. We, um, We don't care even about the city, Jerusalem, whatsoever. I would even go so far as to say that there is no Jew. There is no Gentile whatsoever. Everything has become new. We are part of a new kingdom. These old things are done away with. And If you go and read on here, he says, I don't even want to be associated with that way of thinking, lest I will not be a partaker of in the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul was so radical um, about grace that it was almost the same Paul that was so radical about the law persecuting the church. Now, just living in new knowledge is very radical. He says, man, I count all those things but done that I may win Christ. Let's read verse 8 again. Yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Now that for Paul was a major thing to say. For the Jews, it was a major thing to say. He would have been seen as a sellout. He would have been seen as somebody that has abandoned his own people. He would have been seen as somebody that was just crazy. Uh, If a person has given his daughter to be married to someone like Paul while he was a Pharisee, they would have been very proud. But if uh, a person like Paul and the repentance that he partook of, um, you know, would come and say these things and, and you know say, well, I've come to new knowledge. A father who has betrothed this or given his daughter to someone like Paul would cancel the marriage contract and say, we don't want to be associated. You can't marry my daughter anymore. Those are the kind of things. Very radical. You can be killed by your own people for saying these things. He says here, and the reason why I did that is that I may win Christ. So when you get rid of the law, what do you gain? You gain Christ. What does that mean? When we were under the law, we were under the power of the flesh or people are under the power of the flesh, which Paul describes in Romans chapter seven, wherein he says, when I try to obey the law, I found the good that I want to do. I cannot do it, but the bad that I didn't want to do that I do. So he continues and he says here, as I I've come to greater knowledge, the knowledge of Christ. And as I came to the greater knowledge, the knowledge that excels what I used to know. I count the knowledge that I had just as absolute rubbish, dung, excrement. That's what I, what I counted as. Um, It's not allowed in my house. Uh, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to be associated with that. I've got a higher knowledge now. And the reason why he says, says he now looks at it that way is that he may gain Christ. Now, Christ means Jesus and the power wherewith he rules in our lives, bringing forth holiness. So what he says is, I counted, I knew about Christ it was greater knowledge than what I used to know I got rid of the other knowledge so that I may basically stand under the power of the rulership of Jesus that's what he was saying and he says and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faithfulness of Jesus the righteousness which is of God by faith so what he says is I don't want to stand and have any confidence in the fact that I was circumcised, that I am a Jew. I want to just say this again. Some people say, Beth, you hammer on this. I say this in love for the church and in love for the Jews. Don't go and say the Jews can have confidence that God will have something special for the Jews in the end. Then I'm going to ask you why, what is the reason for your confidence that you will have something special in the end? You will, then you will say, because I'm a Jew Then I'm going to say, you'll find your confidence in the flesh, my friend, and it's not going to work. You are in trouble. The same as the church. Now I've got confidence because I'm part of a certain church group or, uh, you know, I'm part of a, a church with thousands of people and we pray together and we stand together and those kind of things. Or we've got confidence in our vote and in our involvement politically. You know, I just want to say this as well. You, you cannot have confidence that the future of a nation will be good if you go and vote. I'm sorry that I hammer on this all the time but, um, and mention it basically in every service. But I, I need to say this because I see and I regularly get messages people sending it saying listen man you know if you don't vote you're not a true Christian that is absolute rubbish and your confidence is in something that you cannot have any confidence in you need to come to the higher knowledge you need to come to a knowledge that excels that where you will say well I cannot have any confidence in that there's no confidence for the surety of any nation inside what if we vote or don't vote or any of those things the only confidence that you can have for a sure future should be jesus and paul says here i count all these other things done that i may for the excellency of the knowledge that there is in jesus for this absolute beautiful knowledge that i got which we're going to talk about today He says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faithfulness of Christ. So the only confidence that we can have is the confidence that Jesus is faithful and through his faithfulness, I shall be a partaker of his life. He says here now, it talks about this righteousness of God that he wants to be a partaker of where it's not his own righteousness. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know what Ephesians 119 talks about, the power that raised Christ from the dead that works in me. The way I know that is I first got the knowledge of the resurrection we're going to talk about that from colossians now and after i came to that knowledge i then abandoned and leave the other confidences that i've had i remember in south africa when we were in the um before i got saved you know i had great confidence in uh, our military power we were the most powerful army in africa And I had great confidence in the country. We've had great confidence in our systems. We had great confidence in all those kind of things. And we just wanted to give ourselves for the systems in which we have confidence because we were confident that those systems were going to work. And then it all fell apart. You know, but I can say this, I've got now no confidence in any system that is of this world. I've got no confidence in that whatsoever. I don't have confidence in anything, not in my vote, not in a, a president, nothing. I've got no confidence whatsoever in that, neither in my involvement. Although I am involved, I don't have any confidence in that. The only confidence that I do have is in the superior knowledge that I've gained in knowing the message of grace, The message of how much he loves us, the message of how much he cares for us, the message of how he values us and how he has given himself to secure us forevermore. I want to tell you this, it's going to take much more than what any of the systems of this world can offer to fix the world. There's only one way wherein this world can be fixed, and that is they need to receive Jesus, become born again, receive glorified bodies in the day of the Lord, and so rule with him. That's the only way this world's going to be fixed. And that's the only way, uh, uh, and knowing that, and aiming at that, and believing that truth is what will bring forth a change in our lives. So it says here, I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faithfulness of Christ. So what confidence do we have? Our confidence is in how faithful Jesus is. That is where our confidence is. We are confident. Our confidence is in how faithful Jesus is. It says, this is the righteousness, which is of God by faith, that I may know him. So he says here, I've come to new knowledge. I count the old knowledge, the law, the circumcision, my patriotism to Israel, all those things, my patriotism to the temple, to the city, that we are the people of God, all those things. I count that but done that I may win Christ Christ. And now he explains what it means to win Christ. To stand under the power of the resurrection, which will work in those who believe upon him, who then also counts all these things but absolute loss and rubbish unto giving life at all, not even temporally. Just that, that cannot work. Then he goes on and he says here what this is. He says that I may know the power of his resurrection that I may know the power of his resurrection. And then he says, I also do this that I may know what it would feel like to suffer the way he suffered as people were ridiculing, mocking his logic. Because Paul came with an answer to the problems of the world. He came with an answer to every political issue there is. He came with an answer... On how to see the world be made new. And he said it is to believe on jesus be born from him and to be led by his spirit that was the answer and that is what he brought forth when he went to the areopagus when he gave his defense of the gospel he stood up there and he boldly proclaimed the gospel and he said to all the judges when he was standing there he says listen man stop to worship these idols that you are worshiping. God has blessed you while you were busy with idol worship, but it wasn't the idols. It was God. God was giving it to you. Stop to put your confidence in these things. Uh, Repent from your sins, which would be the wrong beliefs you had. There is one man, the true ruler, the true uh, king, the true Lord. He is Jesus who will return and judge the world. And by him, you'll either have eternal life or not. And in him, the whole world will be preserved. That is what he preached in front of leaders. That's what he presented to kings. That's what he presented to Agrippa when he had the opportunity to make a political impact. What did he do when Paul had the opportunity to make a political impact? What did he do? He preached the gospel, man. He believed on Jesus and declared Jesus as Lord in the hope that Agrippa himself would be saved. Isn't that awesome? Paul knew the only answer is believe in Jesus. And he knew that if Jesus is Lord, those who believe upon him, be they in any uh, office or authority, that jesus would guide every person in his heart on what to do that is how it is that's why paul was pushing his only agenda was the gospel hallelujah let's go to colossians chapter 3 it says here we that are christians now if we then be risen with christ seek those things that are above where christ sits on the right hand of god if we are risen with christ okay so now paul comes and he says that i died as a jew i've got i want my own countrymen to be saved but i am not coming as a jew anymore I will become like a Jew for the Jew, but he is not a Jew anymore. He's now renounced the, those hidden things. He's renounced that. He's now a new person. Bible says, to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that for those who are in Christ, everything has become new. We are a new creation. And Paul, in one of my teachings, I think two weeks ago, I spoke about that. He's talking about a Regeneration peter talks about that there's a regeneration a washing of regeneration what washes you is the knowledge that you are regenerated and that includes your physical body he made everything new it's not the law it is not your works it's none of those things it is he has come and says all life is in me in christ god has given that all things consist he is the word of Um, about all things in him all things consist in him things in heaven things in earth under the earth everything finds its stand in him according to him everything is measured by god there is no other way it is only By him. That's what Paul says. And he says that the old way and the man that I was has died, and so has you. You are not a Gentile anymore. You're not a Jew anymore. You are a new creation. The new creation that you have might not be revealed or manifested, but you have been newly created. You are new. You've been recreated. It says, if you then, Be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Now, what does that mean? Paul is saying in that word seek, that word seek also in Hebraism means worship. Worship God and what is done in Christ in heaven. That word seek also mean to be of and certain inclination or habit. Let it be your habit or let it be your inclination to, uh, to just think on the things that are above. When he talks about the things that are above, he's not talking about things that doesn't exist in the material or physically. Jesus exists materially. He exists physically but physically he's not far from us he is with us he's never left us he's right here with us we even see that when uh, when he appeared to the people in Emmaus. the one moment he was there the next moment he wasn't there it wasn't as if he was coming and going it was just an appearing and um then th- that appearing ending at that moment so in the very same way the physical jesus is in a different form of glory That is what he is and that Jesus is what we behold. We are beholding and we are setting our affection and we are having our inclination to continually think of the glorified man at the right hand of God who is the ruler of of heaven and earth unto whom all power has been given and the fact that he has conquered sin and death and that he has promised that he will set the world right what he means by setting the world right is that he will see that the fullness of the godhead would manifest bodily in the earth that the earth would be glorified and that he is the solution to all the world's problems this man jesus when this when this answer came to paul he says well when i realize this all i do is my agenda is just to push this truth that this truth be preached that people believe it and as they believe upon that truth we will find god solving the problems of this world not wherein we cleverly try to analyze how god's going to solve it and try to re-implement that system and all those kind of things Listen, man, whatever a president, I mean, I I live in a normal country and I'm a grown up man. I know how things work. A president can sign something in today becomes a law. This is what you must do for the next president to stop it. That's all. It's just like building on the sand, wasting your time. That's what it is. But what God has signed in in Jesus is forever can never change. It's signed in with eternal value, eternal power. And whatsoever we minister, whatsoever we preach, whatsoever we declare, Paul's Paul's way of doing. We just see Paul just as a preacher. He wasn't just a preacher. He was an example to all of us on what God has come to do in individuals. He brought us the, 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 the plan. Look at Jesus. What, how how did Jesus bring life to the world? He went about preaching the kingdom of God, telling people to repent, telling them that they should believe upon upon the Father. That the whole way of doing is changing. That Jesus will be raised from the dead on the third day, healing sick people, proving, doing everything in His power to show that there's a new kingdom that they wouldn't put any confidence in any other. That is what He was saying. He says, "If He then be risen, if we then be risen with Christ." let it become our habit. Let it become our inclination to be minded of the things of of, above where Christ, remember, we talk about Christ, the power of the resurrection. So what Paul is saying is I, I forget the fact that I was a Jew. I forget this whole passion that I had for Judaism and the law and circumcision and The affairs of this world, he calls it. I forget that, that I may win Christ. Isn't that a perfect example on how to be seeking that which is above? How did Paul seek what's above? I want to know the power of his resurrection. The only way I know the power of his resurrection is that I will not be found with my own righteousness but that I will be found with the equitable deed of God, which is Jesus, which is the faithfulness of Jesus. I want to stand boldly in the faithfulness of Christ. And I find no value in any other thing. You know, we might say, how are we relevant in everyday life when it comes to Christianity? I think if you're relevant, you believe as Paul believed, as we read today and we preach this. This is the answer. This is the answer to everything. This is the answer to literally everything. This is it. Now I can go into examples, you know, which I don't think I need to do now, but this is the answer. You believe upon Jesus, have a life born from him and the spirit will direct your life every day. And as that happens, you just know that this is the only answer and share that with others. That is enough. Jesus is it's like okay but we we just now believe in jesus we can't just pray for people just to become born again or hope they become born again how will the world change in the meantime we must do something whatever you do in the meantime is not going to work as good as what you've just shared the gospel and god working in people has got no eternal value anyway you might say betty but you know that we've got difficult questions as pertaining to these matters. It might be difficult and we might not have all the answers in answering how it would be, but I can tell you the answer at the end of the day would be the only lasting solution is believing in Jesus, resting in him, understanding the gospel, what it means. It says, set your affection on the things of above. That affection also means be sentimental about what is above, not of the things of the earth or what is produced from this world for we are dead and our life is hid with christ in god that would hid there means to hide to conceal to be hidden to escape notice to be concealed that it is not becoming known So what he's saying is, listen, the fact that we believe upon Jesus and we're not seeing the full manifestation, I've had many people ask me, I've asked this question myself, why are we not seeing this whole world now coming right? Because the gospel is being preached. The life is concealed. It doesn't mean it's not there it is just not seen but it is there and we know it's there we've got experiential knowledge that it's there we already see that life that is concealed leaking through um, you know and it's starting to show in our eyes it's starting to show in our actions we find love peace joy those kind of things generosity and kindness we start to see the first signs of this concealed hidden kingdom that will fully manifest he says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. What that basically means is Paul was saying, the Jew is dead, man. Our patriotism towards the temple and the law and all of that is as good as it is dead already. It is dead already. The life I now live is not I who live. It is Christ who's living in me. It might not look like it. It, You might say you're just a normal person following certain principles. He says, I am not. It is Christ who lives in me. But who I really am will be revealed. Okay, let me explain it to you this way. If we can come to the knowledge that there is an eternal, immortal human seated at the right hand of God and that we are in him and that we bodily possess the very same as he is but it's concealed we cannot see it but it is so it would be equivalent um or it can be likened would be not equivalent can be likened unto um the effect if you can know that it would have a great effect on you today it would be the same effect as what somebody that has got only a hundred dollars until the end of the month or a hundred rand until the end of the month he doesn't know how he's going to make it but somebody has put 10 million into his bank account and now he knows he's got 10 million 10 million is in his bank account but it's only released in a year from now you will find that this poor man who doesn't know how he's going to make the end of the month he will be happy the money is not revealed the true life the true riches there that that hundred million or whatever 10 million whatever it be is not seen you you cannot draw the money and show it but he can already show a life that is born from that truth which would be things like joy and kindness you can even find from the hundred dollars he has now he's generous and he gives because his life is now born from a hope that is to manifest in a year in the very same way the truth that we have eternal life in Jesus, that we puts us in a place where we don't live by the law anymore. We don't have any sentiment to the things of this world. We are not entangled in the affairs of this world anymore. We are now living as a people who have eternal life bodily. We, it, it is ours. We are living as a people who knows that it is their God's responsibility to bring that life to them and not their own and they find their righteousness and their confidence in the equity of character of the one who has promised them that he will bring this life to them we now live as those people he says you set your affection on the things that's above not on the things which are of the earth. For you are, now listen to the, you are dead, man. I must die to self, I must die to self. Listen, the way you die to self is by knowing you are dead. Your life is concealed with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life shall appear when he shall not be hid anymore. When he shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. It would be like somebody putting a hundred million into your account and it will be only released in 10 years from now. You will find now I might look like every person in the street i might not have a lot but i find you you'll find that i have much more joy than the average person that struggles you'll find that i've got a hope inside me you find that i've got a generosity inside me and then when the hundred million is revealed who that which which is my richest i'm just using worldly terms here and worldly logic not the spiritual logic um then I will appear. Then who I really am as a millionaire will appear. And you will see that riches in the very same way. We have already died in Christ. man, Jew and Gentile has died. Human methods that existed prior to the resurrection of Jesus, whereby countries was governed as the hope of life for them we've died to that, we've died to that, but Bertie, how, I believe in Jesus, call me a fool, but I believe in Jesus, I believe in the resurrection power of Christ, and you and me, we have both died, and we need to awaken unto the fact that we, as full humans, are are full possessors of the Godhead bodily and that we come short in nothing it is just the time wherein what we are um, that time has not come where it shall be revealed but we who know this have a life born from this hope I was reborn from this hope that will take place. I find that I find no confidence in my flesh. Therefore, my flesh doesn't produce all the sins anymore because I've got no confidence in it. I've only got confidence in the resurrected Jesus. And that is who you are, my friend. That is what you are. That is the power that God has come to give us. We're not going to be ashamed of this gospel. Let's go back. Walking in the flesh today, you might find, what is walking in the flesh today? Walking in the flesh, I've noted it here is, anything that is outside of belief in Jesus, since only in him is true spiritual eternal life. We can define it as Paul, you know, we can define it as any any confidence you have for a stable future that is outside of Jesus doing it. You're living in the flesh and it shall produce the fruit of the flesh. You might say, this sounds like condemnation. It sounds like judgment. Um, This is the judgment of God. The judgment of God is that God is of the opinion that without him, you can have no confidence that you will live forever. The only confidence is to have confidence in him, to believe him. And he has proven his power to bless us in the resurrection. I want to end off by just going to Philippians again. Paul says, though I might have also have confidence in the flesh. If any man thinks that he is, that he has something that he may trust in the flesh, I'm more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, as touching the righteousness which of the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, I counted loss, counted, and I've come to the conclusion after I've made the calculations, I've counted all things but loss for because of the excellency of the knowledge that there is in Jesus Christ, because of the excellency of the knowledge that there is in Jesus Christ. But things, whatsoever things were gained to me, I counted them but loss for Christ. I counted them as something that will cause me not to partake in what God has done for me. Yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss because I've come to a higher knowledge. The knowledge of Christ that now rules over sin and death for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count it but dung that I may stand under the power of the resurrection, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Can you see the passion of our beloved Paul? He says, I'm not going to, fool around with things that can cause me not to share in the life of God. I am not ashamed to repeat myself, he says, because it's beneficial and safe. I want to give myself as an example. I counted all these things that some of you are now, we writing to the Philippians through these Judaizers are starting to count valuable. What you start to count valuable as some of you are being circumcised. I count those things done, man. But I'm the, people, I'm the person who got you into Christ. I'm the one who preached to you in the beginning. I'm the one that loves you as a father. I'm the one that doesn't want anything from you. I'm the one that didn't come here to gain anything from you. I came here to give to you. These people want something from you. man. What they literally want, if you study the historic sense, they wanted their vote. That's what they wanted. Go and study it out for yourself. See who these Judaizers was, who these Pharisees was. See the political agenda they've had. He says, this is what they want from you. But what I want for you is that you share in the life of God. And let me give myself as an example. I counted all those things but loss for the excellency of Christ. And I keep it that way. If I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Can you see how careful he is not to go back to law and rules regulations the customs of moses flirting with the enemy it doesn't go there he's got no confidence in the flesh whatsoever his confidence is only in christ and we might say yes but we as well take all let's take all of our actions and bring it in subjection to what god says everything glory to god well thank you that i could serve you with this message I trust that it is fruitful thought, challenging to the heart, puts you in a place where you can say, man, this is something that causes me to think, ponder upon, um, you know, go and chew on, think about, pray about, you know, as you just think about, that's prayer, that is communication with God, have your heart open to God, answering the difficult questions that arise in your heart, and you see, you'll see the, and experience the voice of God in the inner man. I end off with this, not everything that we read in the Bible, not every letter we read might be plain and simple. There are some things that might sound more complicated and might be more complicated. If you read a letter that was written to people almost 2000 years ago, there are some complicated things that we need to go through in order to understand that. But after we have gone through all the complications and we have seen what the person has truly said, this is what it boils down to. Jesus is Lord. If you believe upon him, that he is truly physically Lord of the physical earth, that he was bodily raised and promises you eternal life bodily as a full human. You believe upon that and that is your hope. And that is true for you. And you've made that your truth. You are saved. You've received the spirit of salvation and you've reached the depths of the gospel. And you have a life born from full understanding. That's what it is. That's how simple it is. But some things might sound a bit more complicated. Although once we get to the message that is communicated, we find Jesus is Lord and by him we are saved free from our works. Thank you that I could serve you today. God bless.